everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Amina Fisher, pelvic floor physical therapist and owner of Empower Your Pelvis, a pelvic floor physical therapy clinic in Kansas City. So I had the honor of being a guest on the Mama Sisterhood podcast with Dr. Heather Evans, a pelvic floor PT in the area and wonderful mom to twins. And she's an absolute dear friend of mine, and I just absolutely enjoyed it. So please listen to this episode today. And we have another part two coming up as well. So make sure to follow up that one as well. This one's on more of the business side for myself and balancing a family. And then part two will be more how we handle life as a food allergy family. So looking forward to this episode. Hope you all enjoy. Please share with family and friends, like and comment below. And here we go. pelvic posse and welcome to the empower your pelvis podcast it's amanda fisher i've helped thousands of people with pelvic floor issues and it's totally my jam here you can listen to expert interviews encompassing all things related to pelvic health that's pee poop sex and everything in between you have a pelvic floor yes you We all do, and it's time to start talking about these issues that arise, but more importantly, how to improve them. I am so glad you are here to join us. Now let's head into this week's episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. Welcome back to the Mama's Sisterhood. We have Amanda Fisher here with us today. Hello, Amanda. Hello. Thank you for having me. Of course. So Amanda, a super special interview for me because she and I have been friends for a very long time, a fellow pelvic health PT. So I wanted to bring you on to talk about a few different things. But first, talking about being a mama business owner, because having watched you do this, I know that it's a lot to juggle, but you do it amazingly. And not just that, but a business that I feel like all of our mamas need to know about because of the specialty you have. So before we get into all that, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, where you live, what you do, anything you'd like to share? All right. As Heather said, I'm Amanda Fisher. I own Empower Your Pelvis. It's a pelvic floor physical therapy clinic in the Kansas City area. And um, we have two locations now, which is just bananas. I am a wife going on 15 years, which is crazy. And uh, we have three boys who are 10, 8, and almost 6. So three C-sections, three boys. I decided to open up our clinic. That's a whole different story. But I ended up pregnant with our third kiddo two weeks after I decided to go in business by myself, (laughs) which seemed to be crazy. So I try to apologize to anybody who I saw in the first year because pregnancy hormones can be a real thing and may not help you in business growth. So... That was just absolutely insane. And then um, having three kids, they've really grown up with the business. I've had the business now almost six and a half years. And yeah, it's just been a second home for them, really. So let's talk about the business. And I mean, as some of our listeners know, I got the honor of working with Amanda for a few years. So (laughs) I know about the business, but a lot of our listeners don't. And it's super super important for moms, especially to know about this. So why don't you tell listeners, what is Empower Your Pelvis? And what are some diagnoses that you see on a regular basis? 
Yeah. Empower Your Pelvis is a pelvic floor physical therapy clinic. So we specialize in pelvic floor issues. This can be anything from bladder leakage to bowel leakage, loss of gas, back pain, hip pain, tailbone issues, pelvic organ prolapse, pain with intercourse or insertion. I know I'm missing something, diastasis recti, prenatal postpartum issues, issues that may arise with gender affirmation surgeries. I mean, the list goes on. Everyone has a pelvic floor, just like we might have shoulders and hips. So the way the muscles move, they need to have full range of motion. And a lot of times they can compensate just like any other muscle group in the body. And that's where we might see dysfunction. Muscles maybe not firing properly or maybe being on vacation and maybe not having enough strength. And our job is to figure out really where the missing puzzle pieces are and try to put your puzzle back together so that you can move functionally and without pain, leakage, or any other symptoms. In that a is a per- perfect description. And a lot of our listeners are from all over the world. So we'll get to later how, even if they're not local to where your clinics are, how that can still benefit them. But before we get into that, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into this field? Yes. I was in physical therapy school. Well, let me rewind. I played a lot of sports growing up. So I knew I wanted to be in physical therapy. I did sports med at the University of Missouri, Mizzou for the football team and undergrad. Graduated, came out to Rockhurst University in Kansas City. Went to a student conclave meeting, and which is just a fancy meeting for PTs getting together and they allowed students to go. And we had to sit through different specializations of physical therapy. And I pulled the short straw, which was pelvic floor and sat in on a, a a presentation and realized, oh my gosh, I think they're talking about me. They're talking about runners who pee their pants. And I was 21 at the time. I was peeing my pants and I was dealing with pain with intercourse. And they were describing these things in the presentation. And I left there thinking, huh, I think I just found help for myself. So I kind of went down that path. And then realizing I didn't want to talk to anybody about it. No one was talking about it. I was being told to have a glass of wine and then try to be intimate with my spouse. And it just felt like things were off. Like that was muscle tissues. We weren't even really analyzing these muscles in our anatomical, in our anatomy lab. We just weren't looking at it. It was like, here's all the other muscles and we're going to avoid this area. And it was kind of silly that we did that. We just kind of covered up the cadavers and moved on. But there's so many muscles down there that it just started becoming very intriguing. The way that Heather and I even came out of school learning is not how we treat at all now. We did a lot of biofeedback, TENS unit, a lot of just laying down, a lot of Kegels, I remember. And then you just kind of realize like there's more to the puzzle that people need to be touched. We need to find tight tissue. We need to release it. There's trigger points. There's so much that make up it that now we we know so much more too, I think, with research that we're treating a little differently. So from there, so then you got into pelvic PT. Oh, yes. How, thank did you. You, how did you go from starting to learn about pelvic PT to then progressing towards having your own business? So I went to that thing, it kind of opened my eyes. Then I started looking for courses that would allow students to start doing classes, CU classes. So I went over Christmas break to Chicago and did my first course while in PT school. Then I came from that and started looking for clinical sites that would take me on as a student so I could learn more 
or if I had another clinical for Rockhurst, we had to really spread out. We couldn't stick to just Kansas City. So when I was in St. Louis doing a clinical, I reached out to every PT clinic out there that had a pelvic floor PT, no matter if they saw 25% caseload to 100. And I went and shadowed on my off days or my lunches or the weekends. And then I would try to dive into surgeries too for hips and backs and pelvic gynecological issues while a student. Left, graduated in 2011, got a job at an orthopedic clinic in Lee Summit, Missouri. And I begged him to let me start a women's health program there. And he kindly did. I went in with a five-year plan. is like, I want to start out seeing 10% caseload, 25, 50, 100%. Well, I hit the 100% mark way sooner than I anticipated. And then I felt like I hit a wall and I needed to kind of advance on. So I went and joined another practice for a year that was strictly pelvic specialty. Had our second kiddo there. He had lots of food allergies and other things going on that I realized the commute was just too much trying to commute like an hour and 15 there, an hour and 15 home with traffic. So then I joined the hospital, realized corporate America wasn't for me. And I needed, I started probably planning opening a business three months into that. And I stayed there for 18 months. So I just I needed the confidence and I didn't have it having a brand new baby and a toddler at home. In 2017, I started seeing patients in homes in February 2017. So I'm still working at the hospital and I would go on weekends or I had one off day a week that I would just start going around Kansas City and home and then realized about four months into that, driving to people's homes and then canceling when you get there was a lot. Like it just, you would drive 30 minutes out of your way. And then it was too much that I decided I needed to find someone who would let me rent just a really tiny room and ended up opening somebody's storage closet inside a a PT clinic. And that's, I really started out just two days a week is what I wanted. Because by that time, I, I decided to put in my two weeks at the hospital. My last day at the hospital, I tested positive for pregnancy which was my next day. I was starting at my very first day in this closet in a PT clinic. And then, um, yeah, it all kind of hit the fan there. I started out as cash-based only, self-pay. Quickly got into Medicare because I felt, looking back on it, I probably just didn't have the confidence and felt like I needed to get in with insurance pretty quickly. So we did. And then I did built it up slowly, kind of talking to providers and letting them know who I was. And yeah, we'll get into the rest later. Yeah. So and because it's crazy to think in the amount, I mean, you really didn't have that much time. You went from renting that one room closet, like you said, to now having two clinics plus a huge online community, which we can talk about as well. So it's been super amazing. And I feel like a lot of moms listening, just in terms of the types of things that you treat, these are things that people they may feel like they're alone with, but man and I can both say, we like to say common, but not normal. So like if you pee when you sneeze a little bit, or, you know, if you have some pain with intercourse, these are things that a lot of moms deal with. So please listeners don't just accept these things. There are places you can go to get help for these, um, you know, pregnancy, childbirth, whether vaginal delivery or C-section can definitely lead to a lot of these problems. And then the other people who haven't had those things. So We'll be sure to talk here in a minute about how people can get in touch with you because they definitely should. So, but I wanted to get into the whole mama business owner thing as well, too. So 
Your boys are now how old? Did you say 10? 10, 8, and almost 6. Okay. So, and one thing that I know about you too is that your husband also travels a lot for work. So, <laughs> yes, he does. Tell us a typical day. I know there's no such thing as a typical day, but if you could say like a typical day in terms of running these businesses, raising these boys, what does that kind of look like for you? My typical day is me waking up around 4 a.m. I get up, I go to the gym, which I drive to because I know if I have to drive there and listen to somebody, I will get it done. I've realized over six and a half years, I have to burn energy before I can go give my energy to someone else or to my children. So I go do a 45 minute workout. I drive back home. I get home. I go walk my dog two miles. I come back. I'm usually doing an online quick 10 minute pelvic floor video for my pelvic posse. And then it's showtime for me to turn on mom hat, which is three boys. It's very active in our house. Things are being thrown like balls. There's always activity, whether there's kids outside in the backyard early in the morning or inside. Somebody wants something different for breakfast. Nobody's ever happy. And I'm always like, kitchen's closed. Some mornings though, I will make muffins for the kids if I've got a little extra time, which is crazy. I make a lot of our food because we have a kiddo with food allergies. It's just hard to trust the ingredients that are in our foods. So I probably make breakfast some sort of breakfast for especially our middle kiddo like three times a week. If I can make it on the weekends and freeze it, I will. I'm fixing lunches because I have to have lunches for him. So I know exactly what he's eating. And then the other kids, it's just easier if I'm doing it for one to do it for all three. Pack them up. Anybody in our school district knows our kids all have Chromebooks. So it's getting those off the chargers, putting them in them backpacks. So signing off on planners because two of the three have planners right now. And then I started putting them on the bus at the beginning of the year, but we had some issues with our youngest kids starting kindergarten, having so many changes and issues on the school bus that now I'm back to dropping them off at school, which is nice. Being a business owner, I can kind of be flexible with my hours. And then I get into the office. I have learned I cannot rush from momhood into the office. I need a little bit of time just to bring my nervous system back down. So me seeing a patient at 10 a.m. is like the most beautiful thing. If I have a 9 a.m. patient or 9.30, I'm just a little stressed out inside. I can feel the anxiety. So that is something I'm learning to keep down because the business goes so much better when Amanda is a little bit more chilled out. And then yeah, see patients and my schedule's blocked for that. I pick them up from school. So that is around 4 o'clock. Our school gets out at 4.10. Pick those kiddos up. I'm done by 3.30, 3.45 for my workday. So I work a very much mom schedule. I pick them up. We get home and we're usually looking at homework, giving the kids snacks. I'm probably cooking something for dinner. And then we're out for sports around 5.15 until 7.15, sometimes 8.30 on a few nights of the week. And I feel like too, you say you work very much mom hours, but I feel like we also need to give you credit because it's also very not unusual to see you there on the weekends, doing laundry, having the boys Correct. there. They're, they were always so good about creating like fun <laughs> games within the clinic and entertaining themselves. But it's hard work for sure, running a business yes. and being a mom. What would yes. you say is the best part about being a business owner and mom? And then what would you say is the hardest part about being a business owner and a mom? Mm, the best part would be the 
I would say the flexibility, the, so like one of our kids got an award at school next week. I feel like it's easy to adjust hours and patients, but I feel like that's can be done even, um, being in a, like a, a flexible job too, but being able to shift and be able to go do that. The hardest part is mom guilt and business guilt, because I feel like when patients are upset because you forgot to send an email, you probably got distracted. I probably got distracted by kids. Then I feel the guilt that I didn't give my patient a hundred percent of what they need. Where then if I'm doing something for my patients outside of work hours, which happens a lot in the evenings as well, then I feel like I dropped the ball on my kids. So especially having the online business, as you can tell, like I, I described what I'm doing during the day for the business itself, the in-person clinic, but the online stuff is usually happening in the mornings before business and after hours. So that means that I'm dropping the ball somewhere with my kids at some point, somewhere, probably. And I don't mean to. I've gotten so much better having had done this now for six years. I'm really learning to be present with the kids, especially at the ages they are now, like putting things down. I've realized finally after six and a half years, work will always be there. Always be there. There will always be something that you can do. So I literally have to put do not disturb on so I don't get a watch notification. Put my foot, my phone down when we get home and I'm cooking dinner so my kids can have me for at least, and it sounds so ridiculous, but for at least an hour or two before we're doing practices and things. A non-negotiable for me is family dinners. And if it's not dinner because things are a little earlier, it might be family snack. So every night we all have to sit down and do our highs, lows, and buffaloes, which I got that from a patient. And I love it. But that's the thing that we have to do every evening with family dinner or snacks. I love that. Okay, I have to ask highs, lows and buffaloes. Okay, so something what are the buffaloes? (laughs) The buffaloes and I forget what the patience was. But for what we have done is like, what is something good that you did today for someone in your classroom or for the community? That's more of like a gratitude. Like, how did we give back? I like that. And I forget what hers was. But that was just something I felt like we kindness. We need a little bit more of it in the world. So did we hold the door open for our teacher? Did we pick up a pencil for somebody? That was what I wanted them to really hone in on. I like that. Well, and I'm the same way. I like family dinner for us is a big one too. And so I think that's, and it doesn't have to be dinner. It could be some other, you know, routine for someone else, but just some special time for sure. Yeah. I always feel like you have a lot of knack for getting a million things done. So it, it's it's like a, I don't know, balance is the right word. It's more of like a juggle, I feel like for myself, at least all the time. I agree. But but I think you're doing an amazing job. So tell us about Thank this you. online community. So because like I said, a lot of our listeners are from throughout the US and then other countries as well. So tell us a little bit about what that is and then how people can join you if they're interested. Yeah, I call it the pelvic posse. And it's kind of how I just call anybody in our email listserv pelvic posse because it rhymes and it's easy flowing, kind of like highs, loads and buffaloes. And it started out as a Facebook group. But then I realized so many people were trying to get off social media or not have the distractions when they get on it. So now it's truly an app that has exercises, recordings on it in different topics like pregnancy, postpartum pain, prolapse. And then I go on there live or do new recordings every week. Monday's mobility. Tuesday is glutes or legs with pelvic floor. And then Friday is mobility and core and pelvic floor kind of mixed in. 
So kind of teaching them like, what does it look like to overpower the core? What is it gripping and the upper abdominals look like? Where are we feeling tension? Do you feel yourself gripping? Let's relax it. This is how we really want to breathe into the ribs. So it connects with the pelvic floor or when you're in a child's pose, do you find yourself feeling tension? So many just little tips throughout the day. It holds me accountable, but it gives them a community too, where they can ask questions in a safe space that it's all together and they can feel connection with someone else who might be going through something similar as them. Okay. And then where, if they wanted to get someone wanted to get this app or join the community, how do they do that? It's through our website at empoweryourpelvis.com. And they can go on there. And I think right now it's like $5 a month to sign up for a trial period. Perfect. Um, Yeah. Okay, so let's do a quick tip. Let's let's pick a couple. The I feel like two, I mean, there's so many things that we see commonly, right? But let's say, let's say leakage. So like leakage with sneezing. Let's say pain yep. with sex. And let's say pregnancy. Let's do one quick tip for each of those things. So let's start with if someone is peeing a little bit when they sneeze, laugh, jump, run. What's one quick tip for them? Okay. Peeing when you're when you're doing all those activities. You can do a, what we call a knack if you're peeing when you're sneezing or you're coughing, where you do a little contraction like a Kegel and achoo, to help hold those muscles up a little bit more. Peeing with jumping, you could blow out and watch your posture during those activities. Pain with intercourse, I like to have patients stretch more or they can prep, which is stretching prior to intercourse. So it might be a child's pose position. It might be um, a deep squat. Um, There are lots of other activities to work in stretching, but usually we find that those patients are more high and tight and we need to stretch more often. More often is like more often throughout the day, not once a week. So more often than that. And then pregnancy, I like building up, watch your posture, but then also build up full body strength because you don't know whether you're going to have a vaginal birth, which is the hope of everyone. Or a C-section like Heather and I, where it's like, whoa, we just got hit by a bus, it feels like. Either way, regardless how you deliver, you need full body strength to take care of that baby afterwards. So full body strength. Don't forget to get checked out by a public floor or physical therapist during that time frame. Even if you're like, I have nothing going on, nothing's wrong with me. Go get checked out and see where maybe you can focus or maybe learn how to breathe, relax the tissue because your vagina is about to stretch 10 times its length. Or if you have a major abdominal surgery, they can help give you some guidance or tips on how to handle that. Perfect. Thank you so much. So those are just a few little tips. But obviously, if they join your community, they get a whole bunch more. So that's right. um, Okay, I'll put in the show notes all of those links to where everyone can find you. And then I do have one last question for you. And this is one that I ask all of my guests. If you had a whole day to yourself and you could go anywhere and you could do anything, where would you go and what would you do? I would have to be active. I have a very hard time sitting still, as you can tell with my life. So like, I always think about that for like my birthday. Like, I don't want to just sit around and do anything. I want to get up. I want to go for a hike. I may do a massage, but that makes like that's sitting sometimes a little too long for me. But going for a good workout, sweating it out, being one with nature, if it was at the beach, amazing. But if I could have a beach and like the mountains of hiking at the same time, if somebody could put that together, that would be the greatest because then you could get the best of both worlds. Absolutely. Yeah, we need to figure out where that place is. And <laughs> I know. For sure. 
So if any listeners out there live at a place where there's a beach and mountains, please reach out <laughs> and let Amanda and I know where this is. I'll be there. All right. So this will be it for part one. So there's actually going to be a part two of this interview where we talk about what you brushed on a little bit, which is some food allergy mama issues. So thank you guys all for listening. Thank you, Amanda, for sharing with us about your business. Thank you for having me. Of course. And then everyone stay tuned to hear um, about Amanda's journey with her little guy with food allergies. Hey, Pelvic Posse. I want to thank you so much for joining into this week's episode of the Empower Your Pelvis podcast. Can I ask you a couple of favors, please? Number one, can you like and subscribe to this podcast so that you can continue to empower your pelvis forever so that you will never miss out? Number two, can you leave us a rating and a review telling them how amazing we are and everything that you have learned about your pelvic health? And then number three, If you haven't seen the video version of this podcast, you can go over to youtube.com forward slash C forward slash empower your pelvis for all your visual learners out there. We have all types of great visuals in there for you to not only listen to, but to also watch. Thank you so much again and make sure to give your pelvis some love until next time. Peace out pelvic posse.